Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Dan Rubright. Dan is a jazz guitarist and composer from St. Louis, Missouri. He regularly works with the finest musicians to create his own brand of vibrant, contemporary, sophisticated, and inviting music. Hello, Dan. Hello. Nice to be here with you. I know. So we're doing a whole new thing right now. Um, Everybody is sheltering in place as we are recording this. So you are at your house. I'm at my house. We've got Shock City in the middle. Our audio engineer, Paul, is is in the background making magical audio and video things happen. It looks like we're live on Facebook, so that's working. Look how cool we are. Yes, indeed. So how have you been during this time? I've been doing well. I think all things considered, we're we're staying... Um, you know, lively and everybody's in good health. So all things considered, um, you know, pretty well. Thanks. How about good. you? How have you been doing? Actually good. I mean, I'm in, you know, my, uh, my business is in the digital space, so it's crazy busy. Um, we have people that have either figured out that they better get to the digital space or those where their business is down. It's building business right now, building connections and what have you. So we've, we're blessed that we're in a space that's really busy right now. Yeah, that's great. You know, it's kind of interesting. Everybody's sort of in the tech business now. Yeah. You know, Whether like before like we, were, we were sort of the not. underground and now all of a sudden it's like everybody's underground. So, you know, all these places are selling out webcams and it's like a whole new world now. Yes. But hopefully we get to get out at some point. Oh, absolutely. Because it feels weird. It feels weird to not be out and about. It's weird and it's, yep. I miss, I miss hugging people, honestly. That's my big thing. I miss, I get energy from people and, you know, and so I miss everybody. Well, all right. So what are you doing now as a musician, hanging out at home? Are you writing? Are you getting all creative and writing more songs or what are you doing? Yeah, actually I am. Um, I've been writing every day and um, exploring kind of new sounds. And it's kind of interesting. I have an acoustic guitar. I normally play an electric jazz guitar, an old Gibson 175, and that's kind of my sound. And not too long ago, I bought a really nice acoustic guitar. And I've been really exploring some things with it. What I figured out is that uh, it's such a good guitar that it really requires a whole different approach to play it. In terms of having to press your fingers down and like really let the strings ring because it, it's got a fantastic sustain. So I've kind of had to re-approach how I play this instrument to really get at the, the beautiful quality it makes, which is kind of a great metaphor, right? Because before in the sort of fast-paced world, I thought, I don't know about this guitar. I'm not sure it's really, you know, working for me. But the problem was I was just playing it like I was playing my electric guitar and didn't really have the time to put into it to see how I could really make it sing. Um, And so I've been exploring that. It's not easy, actually. It's like I really have to sort of use different muscles and be very patient with it. But I'm kind of thrilled with, with where it's going. So there'll be more coming with the acoustic guitar in the future, definitely. So that is so interesting because as a person that, I mean, I don't play guitar. 
I would never have thought. And so do you, so you're thinking because of this pause, this slow down time, that kind of, it's, it's almost like slowing down caught you up with learning something new. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, you never know where, where an opportunity might, might come. How interesting. In my jazz work, I think you know this too. Over the last few years, I've also been sort of broadening how I express myself as a musician. And I've been doing a lot of writing and presenting of some of my ideas in terms of jazz as a metaphor and how right. people can learn about jazz as a metaphor. There's so many things we think about that if we sort of translate it for whether people in their lives or at work, um, there's a lot of insights that we can use that are like, oh, I never thought of it like that before. Right. Yeah, right. And so this is kind of strange. We're sort of in a time of improvisation, if you will, where, no, you know, the, the quote, the music that we're used to playing, like there, it's not there anymore. So now we sort right. of have to make up our own melodies and our own, like, you know, what's there? What can we do? How can we make this work? So it kind of fits into a lot of what I've been thinking about and talking about lately. Well, this is such a point in time, and I have to think that the creative people of the world, there, there's a lot of things going on right now that are going to come out later that we'll all just be like, oh, yeah, that that came out because of, right? Um, and in this experience that we're having, I mean, globally, you know, this isn't affecting just one country. This is a global, it's I'm, I'm amazed at the things I'm seeing. So when I look at the silver lining things, you know, because we all know the horrible things, just turn on the news. Um, but when I'm looking at the silver lining, you know, it's like nature is coming back. My neighborhood looks like it's straight out of the 50s. People are standing in their yards talking to each other. You know, kids are up and down the street. It's like, wow, it's so... I, I mean, I'm seeing neighbors I've never seen before because we were all like the people that you came home, you went inside, you didn't go hang out with everybody, <laughs> you know? And so it's just so interesting to see how things are, how different it is, how astonishingly different it is from just a month ago. Right. And when you see people outside, it's not just like, oh yeah, hi. It's like, Hi. I How see you, right? Human, human being. <laughs> Will you talk to me? <laughs> it's like extra special, even though it's, you know, at a, at a slight distance, it's still just like the smiles are bigger. It's like, yeah, we're in this together, right? Yeah, I know. Right. And I know you're going through this too, right? So we kind of connect in a strange way. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, so let's talk about pre-COVID-19. I mean, let's talk about, because you have done some really interesting things. You um, shared with me some classes that you give. Yes. So so a few years ago, well, let, me, let me backtrack a little bit. I'll lead into this. So I'll just give you the big picture. Sort of the, in terms of my life and my work, there's sort of two areas that have always driven me. One what makes music work? What makes it impactful? What makes it good? And, you know, how do I learn how to do that? And then two, what makes people tick? You know, I've always been really interested in the science of, of human behavior, like psychology. And it was actually at one point in my early life, I'm like, well, I love both of these areas. I could go into psychology or I could go into music. Well, music won out 
just because of my deep love for music and so and, and the discipline it took to really become excellent at at a craft and um and that was really my deep calling but my whole life i've always really been interested in the science around human behavior and and how this works you know in groups how you know what makes me tick what makes other people tick so over the past few years I've just sort of had this this interest come back to me and I thought you know how can I use what I know as a musician as a side uh, man in other groups and as a band leader myself um, you know what are the lessons that I've that I've learned that have to do with how do you build a team or a band that works together and you know how do you lead this group or how do you show up in somebody else's band or group so that you're prepared I'm like you know there's lots of stuff here that deals with psychology and possibility and I'm really a, sort of an optimist at heart trying to really uh, you know um, to help people and help groups and when I've taught I taught at Webster for over 20 years um, in the jazz program there and I saw my role not as just somebody who gives out information facts about jazz but but you're almost a coach a life coach too yeah, and yeah, so yeah. that's kind of always sort of been part of my uh, approach to my life and my work is how do I really help this person, their individual situation? Is there something I can say or offer that will help them get like to the next step where they're like, yeah, that was great. It really helped me. I and mean, those are the things that have always sort of driven me. I find it fascinating. And, and I honestly, I think a lot of people that do well in this world, that find success in something they love a lot of that has to do with the fact that they are aware of the psychological side of what's going on. I mean, because with me, I mean, I'm in marketing, but I feel like the marketing therapist at times, you know, because a lot of what you're looking at when you're working with anyone's business, you start to see other places that, well, we need to maybe work on this a little, like your marketing is only going to work you know, if these things are also fixed within the business or, and it's interesting because I see people that get in their own way, you know, they just get in their own way and, and there's no, they, and they will not listen and they're, they know better than you. So, you know, I'm like, why did you call in the professional just to, you know, I don't understand. And then there's some people that are really willing to take a look at everything and grow from the experience of working with whoever you're working with. So I love that you acknowledged and, and you've seen like, I got there, there's another element to all of this. That's going to make this, it's going to take it to a, a higher and a much more enriching experience for everyone. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned that. I think about this a lot and that the context of our work is always changing, you know, where we work, the tasks we have to perform but the things that never change are the humans that are doing the work yes exactly so we're universal you know how we think and how we believe it's like okay we have the same issues we have to sort of learn how to get past ourselves um and learn how to grow and have this wider thing and we have to we have to be honest with ourselves and go okay yeah i got some of that too so working on yourself is a practice right? Like looking inside yes. and saying, oh, I have an issue here. And let me take the time to sort of unravel it and work through it. Like, why am I reacting this way? And it's interesting I say the word practice because it's just like practicing an instrument. 
right? right. If you want to make beautiful music, you know, you have to go through the scales. You have to learn the chords cold, as we say. And it's a discipline where over time you have to really get used to that part of it. You can't just make beautiful music instantly, you know. There's obviously a long right. process. So so the metaphor is, is apt. You know, we have to have these personal practices to sort of unleash our potential um, to create whatever we're doing that brings people together, that allows for this greater concept. It's, it's kind of a spiritual practice, really. No, exactly. It's being in awareness, you know. And so then over the years, like, do you go back and listen to, you know, your first music and, and, and see like the growth or the change or where you were at at that time. Yeah, I do. And usually it's not a good experience. It's like anything, right? You know, I think of like my first job and think, what a dork. Why did I think I knew what I was talking about then? You know? <laughs> Interesting though. Um, writing good music, music that I think is like really quality and has, you know, has a good melody, has a good progression, really holds together as a composition. It's just hard. It's not easy to write good music. You can write any kind of music quickly, but to really give it a lot of thought, um, you know, is 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 always going to be difficult to to create that. But I have to say something funny. So I have to admit, um, I'm a little bit of a pack rat. So like moving around <laughs> over years, I kind of keep like old cassette tapes and all sorts of old stuff. And my wife and I finally realized, you know, we have to go through all that stuff in the garage and let's just get a dumpster and throw it all in there. And I was like, okay, okay. Um, but there's like a huge box. It still has all these old cassette tapes, right? From like oh the eighties and the, you know, nineties. <laughs> and, and it's like, I don't even know what's on them. Cause I don't have a cassette player anymore, but I kind of know, kind of remember what's on them. And then there's some early CDs, and I've listened to these. I'm like, you know, I really don't want to listen to these. But every once in a while, I'll find a song that I wrote, like, a long time ago. And um, I'll be darned if it still doesn't have a spark to it. So, in fact, just recently oh. I discovered this old song. I'm like, man, let me try this one again. And I was playing through it. I'm like, doggone if that's not one of the best pieces I've ever written. And I wrote it when I was 21 years old. So you never know when something might just pop out that's just got this thing to it. You know, you captured I it. I love it. And, and I think that's really cool because you just never know when something's going to gonna come out and have power. And, and the other thing I want to talk about is that I'm really excited that, that a lot of people are going to discover in this time that they are creative, that they've got these, these, right. these hidden gifts that hopefully maybe they can allow to come out and just explore and just see what's there. And that, that's, that's kind of what I believe down deep is that we all have these hidden abilities to write or compose or, or just have some sort of um, creativity inside that's there that we need to, you know, allow to just sort of come out. And in situations like these, it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity. Such an opportunity. It's well, and it's so it's it's adaptability, right? You know, and that's one of the things that I think about. I mean, I I learned about 
you know, you know about EQ and IQ, you know, and I had learned about AQ a few years ago about the adaptability quotient and how important that is this day and age because changes happen so fast. I mean, nothing as fast as what's happened in this past month, you know, which has been, whoo, you know, talk about fast. But there, there's, I've talked to a lot of people and I, and I have felt some people just gave up right away. They're like, never mind, I'm done. I can't do anything. And I'm like, no, no, I have ideas for you. There are things you can do. You have to just be willing to adapt right now so that you can make a go of it. There are, there's absolutely thing. I swear anybody out there, if you guys don't think there's anything to do, call me. <laughs> I will, I will you help you figure out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because, um, and I, and I, and I see it, I can see the people that are thriving. We're still holding space for what's going on out there. It's not like we're, you know, like, putting our hands in the heads in the sand and acting like everything's fine, everything's fine. We're holding space for what's happening. But at the same time, we're realizing this is where we are. You know, I'm not a healthcare worker. I can't run out and do that. But there are other things I can do to help everyone, you know? So that's where, what can you do to help? And then what can you offer right now to support people that can keep your business going or, you know, keep your creativity up or just keep you in a, in a place where you're not going to lose it? Yeah, that's really great, you know, and so like you, I'm not a healthcare worker and kudos and high praise to all no, of kidding. those people, right? It's just, I they're, they're the new rock them. stars and they and deservedly yeah. so. I mean, I, it's hard to put in words what, what they're doing and um, how important they are. And, you know, the question is, well, what am I doing? You know, sure, music, but something as simple as just checking in. I'm just emailing friends and, yeah, you know, and you know, like you, you've probably done these meetings with FaceTime friend meetings, whether it's, you know, for dinner or happy hour or whatever. And that's great. But just checking in with people has been really important. Just a few words here and there. Um, you know, people just want to hear from you and have somebody say, Hey, what's going on? I'm thinking of you. How are you doing? You know, that counts too. It's sort of spreading a little bit of compassion and we really yeah. need that. Yeah. And especially people that live alone. Yes. This is really tough for them right now. Um, and so checking in with those people, because I know if I didn't have my daughter, I would, I would really, I mean, it, this would be really difficult, right? So it's, if you know anyone who's living alone, please reach out. In fact, I have a friend, Laurel Clark, and she is doing, um, she's doing some workshops on this, some online workshops on sheltering in place when you're alone. What does that look like? How do you get through all this? You know, and it's, it's amazing to me, um, just listening to them, like what, you know, what does this feel like to you? You know, my, when my one friend, I called her on Sunday and she was telling me she was so excited when her neighbor said, do you just want to meet out in the yard and talk? You know, they're talking over the fence or whatever, you know, but that was really important to her to have this person that would be like, you know, yes, talk to me, you know. That's great. So, yeah, I know my parents showed up the other day. They're like, we're in our car outside. We're going to stand up, you know, come out and we'll talk to you from like 10 feet away. Like, okay, great. How are you doing, mom? You know, I did the same thing. And we're like, I'm like, hug, hug. We can't really hug. So I'm just, you know, I mean, and, and I think 
one of the things that that I find amazing is the fact that you know they're saying like up to twenty five percent of those with coronavirus have no symptoms. This is a tricky thing, right? So you could be walking around with this thing, have no idea you have it, and you have to be so careful around the other people. That's right. Yeah, that's that's what makes it so difficult. Yeah, it's a it's a tricky little virus, but I think viruses are that way. They're tricky. They 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 can do things. You know, you can't see them and they're pulling some crap. So, yeah. So tell me about, you've, uh, I met you. We talked at one, but Steve Knight, hello, Steve Knight. We're giving you a shout out. Thank you for connecting Dan and I. Um, but we met with Steve and we were, we were, you were sharing with us one of the workshops that you give, which I just thought was fascinating. Tell us a little bit about that workshop. So the workshop is called the Hidden Jazz of Teams. And I do this workshop um, with my wife, Leslie Peters, who is a really wonderful facilitator and author and teacher and speaker. And she's been in this work for many years. And um, so she thought, and I thought years ago, we thought, you know, there's so many commonalities really between what, what I'm thinking about in terms of jazz and the, the sort of people aspect, the psychological aspect. And so over time, I developed this, this content. And um, so we've been giving these workshops to various groups over the last, I don't know, couple years or so. And that's when I started getting really serious about it, thinking, wow, this is really great. I love doing it. Um, people are really enjoying this and saying that some of these insights were really different and helped them. So I'm like, okay. So clearly this is something, I got, some. <laughs> I got something, you know, and, I, and I'd love uh, this challenge of putting this together and I'm really working on it a lot. So it's called the Hidden Jazz of Teams. We've given it maybe about five or 10 times to various groups. We've done it at, down at Cortex uh, a number of times and we've had some great groups come in. And basically, like I said before, I use jazz. I have my guitar uh, and I demonstrate how I got into music and you know why I, I chose the guitar, and I've got these stories, but I bring it back to what's the sort of hidden meaning behind jazz, and how does it, how does it help people in their work and in their life? Um, and so they've been, they've been going really well. I've gotten new clients from doing these, these sort of open workshops, and I was starting to get a bunch of calendar dates, then boom, everything sort of stopped. So the yeah. challenge now is to how can I take some of that content and put it out in video form so that um, people can still take some of this and, you know, have it be helpful to them. And then ultimately when we start to get outside and have, have more socializing again, then I'll sort of pick up where I left off. But um, it's been great. I mean, I never thought I'd have so much fun using music sort of in this context to really being right. teaching, you know, which is another one of my passions that I sort of discovered along the way. I like, well, I didn't know I would love it, but I've always loved teaching. That's awesome. I love it. All right. Well, when, when things get somewhat, I don't think we'll ever get back to normal, what we thought of as normal, but when things get to where we actually get to go see people again, then I would love to know about your workshops. Okay. Yeah. I would love to have you come. So, by the way, big announcement. I just launched a new uh, website that oh, explains good. a lot of what I do. 
Uh, there's, I have actually have two websites right now. One sort of has my music content, and that's danrubrightmusic.com. Okay. And the one that just launched today really deals with this new area where I'm teaching and using jazz as a metaphor. And that's called, and that's dan-rubright.com. Gotcha. So cool. So look at look at you get building everything, right? Because if this wouldn't have happened, you probably would be well into me. Like I gotta do a website. I gotta do a website. I gotta do a website. Yeah. So yay. So can I ask you some kind of cra- wacky questions? Yeah, give me some wacky questions. <laughs> um, not too wacky. They're they're all things that I'm sure you can answer. I know I'm not being wacky enough. So go ahead. Yeah, we need some wackiness. Um, so do you have a dream gig? Ooh, a dream gig. You know, my dream gig always was being a, um, like a forest ranger. So that I, I'm a huge hiker. And I've really? always wanted to just be outside like every day, all day, like hiking. And so... Something along those lines, yes. Uh, maybe a tour. Cool. Uh, here's here it is. No, a tour guide like in some state park somewhere, where I could just walk people around, teach them, and enjoy the fresh air, and just be in nature. I'll be done. That probably has come up to you a lot lately. <laughs> I want to go outside. <laughs> um, I love it. Okay, so. When was the last time that you amazed yourself? The last time that I amazed myself. You know, I the thing that comes right off the bat is when I when I rediscovered this this acoustic guitar and I realized that it's a it's a fantastic guitar and I just was like I didn't know that I actually could change that instrument by how I played that instrument. That was when I made I think that's the most amazing thing that happened in the last few days, I think. I think I think that's so cool, especially you're at your own house. It's how long have you had this guitar? I've had it maybe um I don't know, maybe a year. Yeah. So it's been sitting there and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, oh that. I'm gonna do this. I love it. I was trying to force it into what what I wanted it to be, and I really needed to realize, oh, I have to let it be what it wants to be. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love it. Okay, so I need to know the meaning behind the name Wire Pilots. Oh, my gosh. So, okay, that's a group that I formed with my brother, percussionist Ted Rubright. Okay. About 10 years ago. And uh, I'm always afraid when people ask me that question. Because my brother, oh, actually, my brother actually came up with it. So okay. he's a visual artist, and he's a, he's a great musician and, and artist himself, uh, and writer, songwriter. So he came up with the name, and I don't exactly know where he came up with it. I'm not sure. But I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this. So I was looking through some old slides yesterday, and um, like really old, like from when we were kids. And I was like maybe four years old, and he was probably six years old. And this was back in Kirkwood. And like, so okay. these are really old pictures. <laughs> and I had just gotten a go-kart. 
like this little red go-kart and it was cool. one of these ones that like it's it's not wire but it's kind of like sort of see-through you can see all the things and i'm like Excellent. oh my gosh that is the ultimate picture for the wire pilots and i'm sitting no in kidding. it and my brother's like you know standing behind me smiling patting my back and i'm like okay that is the wire pilots in a nutshell because There's it's all about cover. ted and dan you know how it started like we would get together he's a classical musician by training Okay. But growing up, he played drums and percussion. And so I would hear him play in the basement. And then I would, when I got into the guitar, I'd go down and we would just jam forever. And we would just make stuff up, just make it up. And then he sort of went his own way. And I sort of went my own way. And then about 10 years ago, we're like, you know, let's just get back and start jamming like we used to jam. Um, and he said, okay, we're, we're called the Wire Pilots. Um, I'm like, that sounds good to me. Let's just go with it. So anyway. That's kind of the story so of the wire pilots. And I have to admit you, a little bit of ignorance. Have you ever just asked them? I have. And I think I forgot the answer. <laughs> so it was just an inspiring thing and right in the moment. <laughs> I don't really know why we're called the wire pilots. <laughs> well, he's your brother. Why listen to anything he says, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. We had a rock group. We were kind of alternative rock group back in the late 80s and early 90s. I'm really dating myself now. And we were called Red Weather. And you're like, well, where did you get the name Red Weather? I do know the answer to that one. It's actually from a Wallace Stevens poem. We were big poetry nerds. And there was one okay. poem where there was a, an old sailor drunk um, dreaming of tigers in red weather. And that we just, ah. that image is stuck. We're like, well, that's kind of cool. Let's just grab it. So there, so I've got a story for you. I like that. I, see, had I known the red weather, I would have asked. Let me give you <laughs> the story of how I came up with my other jazz group, the Dan Rubright group. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that one was a stretch. It was so difficult to come up with. And I just, oh, <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate your time today. And everybody knows where to learn more about you and, and, and hear more of your music. And once you get to be out and about <laughs> and, doing, and doing shows again, people can actually come see you. I know. I can't wait. So until then, my friend. Exactly. Keep on carrying on and spread the word like you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. And for everybody out there, you've been listening to Mishmash Podcast. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Love you.